Welcome to another episode of the Peak Potential Success Show. My name is Fong Chua. I'm an entrepreneur, business strategist, real estate investor, speaker, and also a best-selling author. And every single day, I help others unlock the potentials and guide them to succeed. Today, I have an amazing guest. This is somebody I met online, and when I heard him speak, I could feel that energy just boiling inside of him. And once I heard him speak, I was very proud and also very honored to be sharing a virtual stage with him at this summit. So I just had to have him on my show. Now, he is a speaker. He's a TEDx speaker. He's an NLP coach. And this is what I actually liked during his, his bio. He's an anti-fragile mindset coach. I have not never heard that before. Now, he's also an investment strategist. He gets people to work hard on their personal brandings and also their future planning and gets them to say yes to abundance. So please welcome Abundance Life Coach, Mr. Eugene Xia. Wow, wow, wow. Quite an introduction. <laughs> you make my heart go faster. Thank you so much. Hey, that's awesome. Well, how are you today? Very, very good. Yeah, I mean, it's evening on your side. It's morning on my side. So I woke up uh, bright and early just for you and your audience. Right. You're, you're speaking all the way from Singapore. Singapore. That's right. That's right. Sunny oh. Island. Very, very so, nice. You're in Singapore, right? Pardon me? No, I have never. I, I've been to oh, Hong Kong. I've been to Beijing. I haven't been to Singapore. You must come. You must come. It's, it's on my list. <laughs> um, for, for those, for the audience members who don't really know who you are, you're a very, very accomplished individual. You speak all over the world. You, you, you are a huge entrepreneur. Tell us a bit about your, your history and how you became who you are today. Oh, that is a great question. Uh, first of all, I just want to say I'm super ordinary. Uh, when, when I started, uh, uh, I was just a normal corporate, uh, I call it corporate zombie. Okay, so zombie, as you know, uh, I... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they, they move around, they, they eat people's brains, they look like they're alive, but actually they are dead inside. So for many years, I went to the bank to work. I, I received a lot of salary, uh, around close to about uh, 18,000 US dollars per month, which is around 24,000 Sing dollars per month, which is quite a lot of money for, for me. <clears throat> and uh, I, I had to continue working because I have three kids and you, you have a young daughter. <clears throat> Yeah, I have two, two daughters and uh, I have a son. So all of them want to eat three meals per day, uh, which is a bit too bad for me. Three? <laughs> yeah, yeah, how dare you eat three meals per day? Yeah, so I have to buy food, send them to school, and, and that's a lot of money. So I, I couldn't quit. And I keep praying, you know, like what was the solution to all this? Like, am I supposed to just keep working and working in a job that I didn't really like just, just to provide for my family. And I saw successful entrepreneurs like you online and I thought, <clears throat> can I leave my job? And to be brutally honest, I didn't have the courage. I, I remained stuck, you know, just dreaming of a better life, but my body was just going to work every day. And finally, finally, in 2013, November, God answered my prayer. He made me lose my job. <laughs> <laughs> yes, <laughs> yes, retrenchment, layoffs. Yeah, so I, I lost my job, and uh, obviously, I, I wasn't so happy when I lost my job <clears throat> uh, because it was like 24,000 Singapore dollars gone, just like that. <clears throat> yeah, and where, where was I going to get my money to, to provide for my family? 
Yeah, and uh, for, forgive the birds. Uh. <laughs> then I, and I thought to myself, okay, okay, now I, I need, I need a job, right? So I began to look for another job, and I sent out resume month after month after month, and and nothing, nothing. I, I couldn't get another job. So I wasn't one of those entrepreneurs who says, "Hey, come, I quit here in your face, man." I. Yeah, I, I didn't have the courage. I was just a nerd. I was a coward. And I began to crawl back into corporate life. Unfortunately, or fortunately, depending on how you see it, I couldn't find a job for nine whole months. Wow. And my, my savings just depleted. And when I look at my bank account, it was nothing, zero. I had to borrow money from my brother. My, my brother works in Seattle, US. For, for Microsoft and now currently he works for Amazon and he was just a normal person, right? He, he just kept saving money. So I knew he had money and I said, yeah, brother, can, can you like lend me money? And he could have said no, but uh, I'm so thankful to him. He said, yes. So after I took his money, I decided, hey, I'm not going to be so stupid, you know? After I get the money, I'm not going to continue looking for a job because I don't know how many months that will be. So I decided, okay, I'm going to use your money and I'm going to start a business. And that's how I became an entrepreneur. So when you said, I'm going to use your money and start a business, what was his first expression and first word <laughs> to you? That is a very <laughs> good question. I didn't tell him. Because <laughs> I'm sitting here going, wait a minute. You have a banking background and an employee <laughs> background for your entire life. And all of a sudden you beg and you ask, and you finally got this lump sum of money. And he's like, okay, now use this money wisely, support your family and do all that stuff. And then you're going to go, no, I'm going to take this and do something I've never done in my life before. So I, I'm pretty sure that that would have been a very awkward conversation, but you answered it. You didn't tell yeah, well, he's all the way in US, <coughs> different time zone. So uh, unless I reported it in Facebook, which uh, he reads my Facebook, he doesn't post, but he reads. So he wouldn't know. He wouldn't know what I did with his money. And and I could have, I, I could have just used his money to continue paying for groceries, <laughs> you know, looking for a job. I, I knew that it would be putting my fate and destiny into the headhunter's hands. And I knew that that wasn't the responsible thing to do. You know, it, it, it doesn't come naturally to me. And I guess it doesn't come naturally to many people. You know, starting a business is not natural. It is not intuitive, right? Most people feel that it's safer to look for a job. And if I didn't lose my job, I would still think, you know, until today, until 2021, I would still think that it's safer to have a stable job. But after losing my job, I knew that it was not true. It's like the movie Matrix, you know, anytime, anytime people can pluck, pluck you out and you will be in reality that, hey, wait a minute, what, what happened to my stable income? It's gone, just like this. Yeah, but food doesn't taste as good in the Matrix. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> or, or in reality, actually, yeah. Yeah, yeah. You know, fake food tastes better. <laughs> <laughs> so, okay. So how did you decide to get into speaking, and coaching and all that stuff. Cause normally if yeah. cause I can see that conversation, you go, I'm going to take your money 
and go into business. I'm going to open up a restaurant. I'm going to open up a retail. I'm going to open up something, but no, no, no. I'm going to be a coach. So how did that go? There's something called the Ikigai. I-K-I-G-A-I. Are you familiar with this phrase? No. It's a Japanese phrase. So it basically means uh, the meaning of life. Meaning of life. So I was looking at my, my life. I was around 39 at the time. You know, halfway there. And I thought to myself, okay, if I'm going to start a business, I have to answer a few questions. Okay. Based on the Ikigai concept. So there are four questions I need to ask myself. The first question is, what, what do I really love doing? Because if I was a corporate zombie before, it would be very, very silly of me to start a job or a career that I'll become a corporate zombie again. Mm-hmm. So as, as an example, I, I could run a restaurant. I could buy a franchise from Subway, let's say. And I'll just end up just counting money again. <laughs> just, just like my banking job. So... No, no thanks, you know. I, I'm not going to start a business to count money again. I wanted to start a business which makes me excited. And I, I knew I wanted to help people. I knew I wanted to speak and coach. So that for sure <clears throat> fulfills one of the four criteria. The second, what am I good at? What, what am I above average of? So I look at all my friends. Some of them are much better than me at cooking. So no way am I going to start a business. I'm, I'm just going to be... You know, shredded alive. And uh, I knew some of them could, for example, do coding, programming. Yeah, and I, I, I can't do anything computer-related other than use Zoom. <laughs> so, so <clears throat> no computer for me. Uh, so I look at my whole life since preschool. I was pretty good at speaking. You know, but my teachers always chose me as the default MC, debater, president of the Students' Council, giving speeches. So I knew that, okay, I, I couldn't fail at that. You know, I, I, it comes naturally to me. So it fulfills my second question. And then my third question is, what does the market need? I mean, if you run a business, you better know what the market demand is, right? Mm-hmm. And I realized that the market badly needed coaching. So many people were burnt out like me. There were so many corporate zombies around. I mean, it's not just my intuition. You know, all the HR consulting companies, they published reports that said that 60%, 70% of the workforce, they are disengaged at work. All of them wanted to do something else, but they didn't know how. So I knew, okay, there's going to be demand there. And then fourth, what's the business model? How am I going to charge for it such that I earn more than what I earn in the investing banking world? So I looked at my role models, people like Tony Robbins. He, he charges millions, millions. <laughs> I mean... As an investment banker, to earn millions, you probably need to bring a lot of companies to IPO, right? Yeah. So to do secondary fundraising, you need to sell a lot of investment products. But to Tony Robbins, he just needs to open his mouth and talk, and he earns millions. Nick Vizic, right? The man born without hands and legs. He just opens his mouth. I mean, he has no hands, <laughs> no legs. He can't do programming, nothing. All he does is open his mouth and talk, and he earns millions. So I knew, I knew that if I could be like them, that this business model works, right? It has worked for many decades now and it can work for me as well. So I answered these four questions and I started my life coaching business. Cool. Now, the thing is, before you can actually launch that business, you also have to get educated in that area. So what was your timeline? Okay, because you had this chunk of money. 
Yeah. And you only have, you can't use that money forever, especially yeah. when you're putting into a new business. It goes away pretty quickly. Yes. What did you decide to put that money in first? Mm. And then also, what kind of time period did you have to get that money back? Wow. Okay. Well, that's really entrepreneurship uh, language. <laughs> first of all, I decided not to put the money in rental. Right, then there's no way I'm going to get an office. That's one of the silliest things a startup person would do. You know, because immediately with no profit, you already burn your money in rentals. So number one, no rentals. Number two, I'm not going to hire anybody. No, I'm going to bootstrap. I'm going to do things myself. Right? And even if I do hire somebody, it's not going to be monthly salary. It'll be based on project. If somebody designs a website for me, I will pay him the website fee and so on and so forth. Okay, so no, no labor. And we all know that most businesses fail because they pay too much rental and too much labor, right? So these two are taken away. So what I decided to do was to use the money for marketing. Yeah, because if I get clients to pay me money, <laughs> I better make sure I, I have clients. <laughs> so I decided, uh, and of course, you can easily burn the money in marketing as well, you know, in Facebook ads, in search engine optimization. So for me, I actually spend very little. I pay Toastmasters. That's something, you know, a club where you just go there and speak and you have 20, 30 people in front of you. And Toastmasters only cost $200 per year, per year. <laughs> that is extremely low startup cost. And I also paid something called the Asia Professional Speakers membership fee mm -hmm. that costs around 300 plus per year <laughs> so basically i paid a lot of networking fees networking fees and that got me audiences a lot of people suddenly you know these were strangers can you imagine they were strangers yesterday and today because i turned up this was pre-covid 19 of course mm -hmm. right there were actual events where hundreds of people are in the room yeah, and suddenly all these people knew me. The moment I stood up, introduced myself, they were like, hey, this guy speaks quite well. And I started getting all these speaking, coaching, engagement, left, right, center. Very nice. And, and then, and your time period? Ah, okay. So some people, their money burns out quickly because, okay, because they didn't know how to negotiate, mm -hmm. right? Imagine if they just kept doing things like me, networking, networking, speak for free, speak for free, speak for free. And then within two years, they will give up because they realize that, hey, I'm not earning anything. Yes, I'm on stage all the time. I'm speaking, coaching all the time, but I'm earning nothing from it. <clears throat> so I needed to learn how to negotiate. And thankfully, I was a banker. <laughs> yeah, so all these skills, right? They're, they're not wasted. Although I didn't like my job, but I did acquire negotiation skills influence and persuasion skills, networking skills, public speaking skills. And all these skills were very helpful for me when I was networking. So from earning nothing to earning $500 per day to earning $1,000 per day to earning $8,000 per day. Wow. Yeah, so within two years, I could earn enough money to feed my family. Still nowhere near my investment banking pay, to be brutally honest. Yeah, but within three years, I could earn enough, the same as my investment banking days. And after four years, I could earn more than my investment banking days. Wow. So this was in 2017, just yeah. to be very accurate. Very, very impressive. Now, 
watching you speak and hearing you speak completely exactly what I was imagining. Full of energy, lots of excitement. Now, is that the same style that you had when talking about banking? <laughs> did, did you, did you oh. have your client come in and you go, do I have the portfolio for you? <laughs> okay, first of all, okay, I felt that I was building someone else's legacy, right? That the bank, by the way, in case all of you are curious, it's called Nomura. Nomura is a Japan's number one bank. And it wasn't my legacy. It wasn't my business. It wasn't my father's business. It was just, it was just a job, right? So I, I did my best. I, 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 of course, didn't speak like a robot, like, oh, dear ladies and gentlemen, thank you for coming. I mean, if I spoke like a robot, nobody would have bought anything. But neither did I speak with the kind of passion that comes from my soul. So it was somewhere in between where I tried to use public speaking methods. I said, oh, ladies and gentlemen, thank you for coming here today on behalf of Nomura. You know, so I, I spoke professionally, but no passion. Right? But now oh, this is my life. I wouldn't even call it my business. This is my life purpose. This is the meaning of why I wake up every day. And that's why I speak with this passion. It's not something that I rehearse beforehand and say, must speak like this, must speak like this. You know, I, I live, eat and breathe life purpose. So that's why I speak differently from when I was a banker. Did, did you find that you spoke differently when you got off work then? Like when you, before you go to work, before, after you got, got off work, did you feel this type of energy all the time? Uh, honestly, no as well, no. Because I, I still couldn't find clarity in what I was going for. You know, I, I didn't like my job. But after I finished work, which is usually about 9 p.m. by the way, <clears throat> I also didn't know what I was living for. You know, the, the only joy I have in my life, of course, are my three kids. You know, they, they were very young during those days. Now they are teenagers. Yeah, but they were very young during those days. I mean, you have a young daughter, you, you know what I mean. You know, just hugging them, kissing them, just you know, smelling their hair, reading uh, bedtime stories for them. All these brought joy to me. Yeah, but was it my life purpose? I mean, as, as parents, we all knew bringing up our kids is not our life purpose because the whole purpose of being a parent is to help our kids become independent, right? <laughs> they're supposed to leave our house. Can you imagine when our kids are 50 years old, they're still stuck in your house? Then you're a lousy parent. Yeah, so that wasn't my life purpose. So I, I must honestly confess, after my, my work, when I met friends for supper, I, I still didn't speak with much passion. Mm -hmm. So you found, once you found this calling, that energy level just came, that motivation, that, that, uh, that sense of pride just beamed yes. up. So the energy flows from finding what I call ikigai. Right, the, the answering the four questions, combining together. And, and just to be very sure, okay, some people find a passion. They find a passion mm -hmm. and they have the talent. But they didn't create the correct business model and they couldn't find the market demand. Mm -hmm. They will still burn out. Right? Let's, let's say they are very good chef and they cook very well or they bake a cake very well. But the business model is lousy. Because they keep paying rental to the cafeteria, to the rental space. And then they keep paying money to the barista, right? To the waiter. And then this is lousy business model. Especially during COVID-19, right? Very few people want to visit a cafe. They are, they are afraid of catching COVID-19. And government regulations, they have strict distancing rules. 
Like last time, you could pack the tables around the cafe, and now you cannot. You can only have the tables. So with passion, with talent, but with a lousy business model and with lower market demand, you will still burn out. You will, you will not last. So it's very important to answer all four questions. Now, for somebody who has so much energy, what's your morning routine? Ah, okay. In the past life, okay, of course, in the corporate life, I was forced to wake up early because I had to reach office by 8 a.m. Okay, mm -hmm. but once I stopped work, I, I must confess I was very, very, very lazy. Very lazy. I mean, well, there was no reason to wake up. Mm -hmm. So I woke up at like 9 a.m. and then went for my breakfast and then started, you know, networking. So it was very lazy. And, and some people misunderstand. As an entrepreneur, you start to work for yourself, right? And they become a lazy employee to themselves. I, I went for a swim, I remember. You know, at 10 a.m., I went for a swim. And then 12 p.m., I go for a nice slow lunch. And then I would meet friends to catch up with them. And they thought I was retired. I was like, wow, Eugene. <laughs> I'm so envious. Like, you wake up at 10 a.m., you go for a swim. You are living the life. But guess what? My bank account was depleting. <laughs> Your account's not living the dream. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I was like a beggar. You know, a beggar also wakes up late, sleeps late, goes drinking, whatever he can find in a, in a toilet or in, in a dustbin. You know, of course, all of us can live a life like a retiree if, right, if you are willing to beg for a living, you know, beg people. But I wasn't willing, right? I, I want to live with dignity. So I started changing my lifestyle. You know, so I started waking at about 6.30 a.m. And I started answering emails. And by the way, at that time, I also wasn't very healthy. I was putting on weight. Right? And then last year and this year, okay, especially this year, 2021, I decided, okay, enough is enough. I'm going to eat lots of vegetables. I'm going to wake up early, answer my email. And I'm going to start my day early. I'm going to end my day early as well. You know, by 11 p.m., latest, latest, midnight. Before midnight, I must sleep so that my organs can detox. Yep. And I engage a nutritionist who uh, I have to take picture of all my three meals and send to her. And she keeps me accountable. So this is the new life of an entrepreneur where we work very, very hard for ourselves. Right? We treat it as if we are in a full-time job, but this time I'm building my own legacy and I will be one of the best employees for my own legacy. Very, very nice. For, for some of yourself, you work with a lot of different people and you yes. help a lot of different people achieve abundance. Yes. Now, you, have, uh, you have that special equation, money, mindset, plus uh, mastery equals abundance. Yes. Uh, tell us more about that. Oh, okay. I was analyzing my life and I, I knew that in order to help my clients, to find their life purpose and for them to leave their job so that they can start something, I need to do it for myself first. You know, <clears throat> so Ikigai was the four, four factor matrix. And I decided, okay, I'm not going to keep calling myself the Ikigai coach. First of all, nobody knows what it means, right? And second, I don't want someone to sue me from Japan. I, say, hey, I heard you've been using my, my book title for years, you know, time to pay me royalties. So I decided to create my own, my own, uh, my own ecosystem, my own ecosystem based on Ikigai. 
And if you think about it, it's very similar. Mindset mastery and money is very similar to this Ikigai four-factor matrix. Okay, so let's go one by one. So first of all, this one everyone knows, right? You don't need to listen to this podcast or know Fong or know Eugene to know this. Mindset is everything, right? Once a person has negative mindset, once a person has an employee mindset, once a person has a scarcity mindset, a fixed mindset, there's no way, no way the person can do anything. Okay, so we must start with abundance mindset, growth mindset, learning mindset. So that's number one. Number two, we must learn how to manage money. <laughs> a lot of people thought that, oh, I'm not an investment banker. I'm not a financial planner. I don't need to manage money. That's why you go into financial trouble. But we, we all need to manage money. Every one of us, regardless whether you're a doctor, nurse, or entrepreneur, especially entrepreneurs. Right? Because every month, you're not sure where your money is coming from. So you need to turn your active income into passive income. You can do it through dividends, through property rentals, through annuities. I mean, that's another topic altogether. right? So we need to manage money. And then thirdly, we need to gain mastery. A lot of us, are mediocre in what we do. Like for example, life coaching, speaking, coaching. They say, oh, this is so meaningful. I want to do it. But they don't speak with energy. They have no inspirational stories. They have no humor. Mm -hmm. You know, they, they are not concise. They don't give a, like a three-factor framework, a four-factor framework within half an hour. Then they drone on and on and on and we're not quite sure where they are going. So they have no mastery. So we need all three combined together to gain abundance in our life. And that's what I do for my clients. I coach them on all three areas. And here's the magic. Each of these areas pay me an income. Mindset pays me an income because of keynote speaking and coaching. Mastery gains me an income because of personal branding and negotiation skills. And money pays me an income because I earn commission from managing people's finance. So that's three streams of income right there. Very, very well said. Now, if you got an opportunity to go back in time to talk to uh, past Eugene, do you stand there and go, don't worry about it, you'll be fired in two days? Or do you give, what kind of, or would you give them, him the advice of, why don't you start doing this first? Okay, I would have gone back to very, very young Eugene, about five years after he started work, to say, hey, Eugene, okay, wake up your idea. It's time to quit and be our own boss. And I wouldn't go all the way to university, Eugene, because I, I do believe a person needs some corporate experience. And five years is enough. Some people think that, well, I need 10 years, 15 years, no, no need, no need. Okay? About five years of working experience, and after that, come out, use your working experience, use your working network, and start to build your own legacy. So this would be my advice for young Eugene. And plus the fact that the first two years, I didn't have this 3M framework. Money, mindset, mastery. I was basically working in a very, very poor kind of business model. You know, everything was transactional. Like I, I speak for one hour, you pay me for one hour. I train you for eight hours, you pay me for eight hours. So there wasn't any kind of earning commissions from managing people's funds or coaching people on mindset, none of that. So I'm going to tell young Eugene right from day one, build the 3M strategy, not just exchange your time for money. Very, very well said. Now, for, for those who want to go out there and speak, okay, 
stuff. What would you say is the best, best way for people to get engagement with the audience? Wow. Okay. So first, first of all, frequency is everything. Frequency. I mean, any national swimmer will tell you they need to swim almost every day. <laughs> right. Maybe once in a while they, they will relax their muscles, let, let it rest. Yeah, but they are swimming every day. <clears throat> Singapore actually only has one Olympic gold up to now. You know, we are a 55-year-old country with only one Olympic gold, and that came from swimming. You know, and the guy is called Joseph Schooling. And he, he swims every day. So as a speaker, we need to speak every day. As a coach, we need to coach every day. And that's where a lot of people start to grow lazy. Mm-hmm. They say, oh, you know, can I not coach every day? Can I not speak every day? You know, who's going to pay me every day to speak? Who said you are going to get paid? <laughs> <laughs> Just speak every day. <clears throat> Find Toastmasters. And by the way, there are easily 30, 40 different chapters in Singapore alone. So you can actually rotate and speak in all 40 clubs wow. of Toastmasters. And there's also something called Business Network International, BNI. You can speak there every day. You know, just find different clubs to speak to every day. And some of us belong to churches, temples, mosques. Speak in your church every week. You know, just gather a group of people and say, I'm going to teach you how to speak better. I'm going to teach you how to find a better job. I'm going to teach you how to negotiate for a better salary. And don't charge money. And people will sit down in front of you and listen to you speak. So that's point one. Make sure your frequency is high. Point two, get feedback. You know, there are a lot of people who are very complacent and arrogant. I actually know such people because I'm in an association of speakers and trainers. Sometimes after people speak, I will ask them, um, are you okay with me giving some feedback to you? Mm-hmm. You know what they say? No, thanks. <laughs> what? No, thanks. Don't you want feedback? So I suddenly realized that there are people who don't want feedback. I mean, it doesn't take a genius to figure out the person who eats feedback for breakfast every day is going to be way more successful than the person who rejects feedback. So as a speaker, I I relish feedback. I go around begging for feedback. And some people are very polite. You you tell them, can you give me feedback? They'll say, oh, Eugene, you're you're so inspirational. I love your story. Right? It's perfect. And I will not be satisfied. I'll say, Thanks for your compliment. It really means a lot to me. Now, if you are to change one thing about my speech, what would that be? And 100 out of 100 will definitely tell me there's one thing. (laughs) And that's the one thing I will work on for my next speech. Mm -hmm. So that's the second F. Right, I'm full of same letters as you see. <laughs> I have, you know, if this is a four-hour interview, I have three E, three V. Okay. You can so go through the entire alphabet. <laughs> <laughs> the entire alphabet from A to Z. I don't know. I don't have three Z, by the way. Okay, so this is the three F way to improve your speaking frequency, feedback, and the third is friends. Friends. You know, uh, someone famous said that we are the average of the five people we spend the most time with. Mm-hmm. You know, the friends we hang out with can improve or make our skills worse. Imagine you hang around with people who say, come on, Eugene, stop spending time in all this networking. They pay you nothing. You're being scammed. Come, go drink beer with us. <laughs> right. Or, hey, come on, let's trade Forex. 
you know, all these endowment annuities and stocks are so boring. Come on, let's trade bitcoins, man. Then you end up being a very high risk person, right? Mm -hmm. So my friends are all mostly fathers and mothers, right? Responsible people. I mean, not that singles are not responsible, but you know, being a parent, you have to be responsible. They are their young lives that count on you. So I hang around with them and they are all entrepreneurs, right? They, some of them run cafes, <laughs> some of them speak, some of them coach, some of them are way more successful than me. You know, 20, 30 years of experience in coaching, their network is like 500 times more wider than mine. So I hang around with them and they challenge me. They say, Eugene, you're not charging enough. $8,000 per day is too cheap, man, too cheap. Do you know I have friends who say, what? You charge $8,000 per day? That's a scam, man. Who's going to pay you $8,000 per day? And then I have friends who say, Eugene, that's too cheap. So who do you want to hang out with? <laughs> what kind of friends do you want? I'd rather that one that told me it's too cheap. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So they say, Eugene, at your caliber, you should at least charge $20,000 per day. And you know, despite my positive mindset, I still have this limiting belief that, what? No. Who's going to pay me $20,000 per day? But when I hang out with them, I realize this is their normal rate. Yeah. So don't you think I need to hang out with such friends? So these are the three Fs that every speaker and coach needs to embrace. Awesome. Now this leads up pretty good to the next question. So try not to repeat that same answer. But what was the best coaching advice that you've ever got? Oh, okay. <clears throat> Currently, I'm being mentored by a few people. Yeah, and and... This is the advice, by the way. A lot of people think that being a successful coach or speaker, that, oh, you know, I've arrived, man. I've climbed the mountain. And then now I'm at Mount Everest. Wow. Come, God, receive me. <laughs> so first of all, I believe that none of us will ever reach the top of the mountain. Okay, I don't care whether you're 65, 75, 85 years old. All of us are still climbing the mountain. So all my mentors tell me the same thing. Eugene, you need a mentor. You need a coach. Don't think that you have arrived. Okay, you are nowhere near the middle of the mountain. In fact, I'm 45 years old today and I'm here to announce that I'm only 10% there. 10% there. So earlier, Fong, you mentioned this word anti-fragile, right? Anti-fragile. In fact, tonight, I'm supposed to give a keynote speech for anti-fragile, right? At the Destiny Summit. Yeah, so here's a teaser. A lot of us, while climbing the mountain, we go through three stages. So number one, we go through the fragile stage where every little sprain, every little bruise, every little storm will say, oh, I'm not climbing the mountain anymore. This is too tough for me, too tough. Right? So this is called the fragile stage. And obviously, if you don't go past this stage, you will not continue your climb. You will just give up right there. The second stage is called the resilient stage where you tell the mountain, say, I don't care. I am going to climb you no matter what. So the storm comes, you break the leg, and you continue to climb, right? That's called the resilient stage. And most people stop there. They think that, wow, that is really amazing, isn't it? So I'm here to announce that there's a third stage. It's called the anti-fragile stage. And in anti-fragility, it means that every broken bone Every storm will make you even better. Not the same, mm -hmm. but even better. And that's the advice I've been receiving from my coaches and mentors. Mm -hmm. Gene, 
Life is very, very long. Okay, not short, long, right? Now it's only 45. I can live all the way until 90, for example. So throughout this whole journey, retrenchment is only going to be one of the few tragedies you'll face. Mm-hmm. You're going to face a lot more tragedies. I mean, touch wood, right? Knock on wood. I may get cancer. I may get heart disease. I may get all sorts of family tragedies. Mm-hmm. Who knows what's going to happen? Like COVID-19, suddenly out of the blue. I was supposed to fly around to Hawaii, to Fukuoka, to speak. And the trips were just cancelled like this. Mm-hmm. You no, know, it, it's a big shock to a keynote speaker, right? You, you know. So I, I tell myself, I'm going to be anti-fragile. Because of COVID-19, I'm not just going to press on. I'm going to be better. So I doubled my sales last year during COVID-19. Wow. Because of what my mentor and my coaches tell me, be anti-fragile, Mr. Eugene Xia. Don't just press on. Don't just pay your bills. Double your sales during COVID-19 by launching new programs on Zoom. And that's exactly what I did. I launched three new programs all on Zoom. Well, congratulations on that. That basically proves to everybody that during during COVID and during this downturn, you can still make a lot of money on it. (laughs) Yes, only if you're willing to be anti-fragile and be coached and mentored by someone better than you. Great. Now, throughout this entire time, you gave a lot of great nuggets and a lot of great advice. What would your one advice be if you were on the world stage addressing everybody for the next minute or two? Now, the first word that came to me is, of course, anti-fragile, but I don't want to repeat myself. <laughs> yeah. So my, my question for everybody, because I can imagine on the world stage, there'll be people who are already successful politicians, people like Elon Musk, who has already run many successful businesses. Right, so in front of me, there are people who are successful. And I want to challenge everybody right now with one thought. Okay, what is my life purpose? What's the good of running five successful businesses if you don't even know your life purpose? Right, you might as well be like a beggar. Every day, just wake up 10 a.m., go to the dustbin, rummage for food. Right, because you have no purpose. So there's this famous story of a fisherman, a very poor fisherman lying on the beach, right, looking at the sunset. And a very rich guy who runs many multi-billion businesses come to the rich man and say, hey, why don't you start a fishing franchise and you'll be very successful. And the poor man asked the rich man, say, why, why would I want to run a successful franchise? <laughs> and the rich man said, well, so that you can retire early. And the poor man said, Retire early for what? So that you can lie down on the beach and look at the sunset. <laughs> and the poor man said, I'm already doing that, bozo. <laughs> yeah, so clearly that is the wrong answer given by the billionaire. You're not running a franchise in order to relax at the beach. No! If you want to relax at the beach, you do it now. You don't need a, a franchise. You run a franchise so that you can do charity so that you can build many, many hospitals and orphanages. And that's something the poor fisherman cannot do. Mm-hmm. He can bring joy to himself, but he cannot bring joy to millions of other orphans and disabled people around the world. And that's something the billionaire can do. So we all need a very clear life purpose in order to earn more money. So today I challenge every, every person watching this podcast, watching keynote speeches, ask yourself, what is my life purpose? Is my life purpose about me only? about providing a better income for my family, then I tell you, you don't have to work too hard. 
know, something like 4,000, 5,000 per month is more than enough to feed your family, provided you don't spend too much. You know, you don't buy a Ferrari, you don't buy a luxury condo, you know, then it's enough. But if you want to bring impact into the world like Bill Gates, then please learn to earn more. Very, very powerful stuff. Okay, so before I let you go, I, I'm done with all my formal questions. But I have yes. five quick questions for you for fun. And just wow. give me the first thing that comes to mind. Sure. Now, obviously, you're a very energetic, very uh, charismatic person. So yes. somebody's going to come and go, hey, Eugene, we want you to star in this movie. And we want you to be a leading role man. Well, you want to be your co-star. Who do I want to be my co-star? Tom Hanks for sure. Tom Hanks. All right. Uh, I know some might think that I should choose a very gorgeous lady. Yeah, but no, no thanks. My wife is going to kill me. Uh, so <laughs> I'm going to choose Tom Hanks. Okay. You look at this guy, right? He, he's not very good looking. Not muscular at all. You know, no way compared to a six-pack like most other people like Tom Cruise. But this guy can act. And he can act not just one in one single role. Like Keanu Reeves acts in the same role in 20 movies. <laughs> now, but Tom Hanks constantly changes his role in every movie. I, I have highest regard for him as an actor. I want to co-star with him. Okay, awesome. Now, Tom Hanks is at, at, at your house right now. Right, yes. He's hungry. You're going to be serving yeah. him your most famous dish that you can prepare for him. <laughs> what are you going to prepare for him? OMG. I know oh, you no. love eating because you talk, we talked about food before. So yeah, what, what's that special dish that you could prepare? Okay. I, I definitely love eating and I'm very embarrassed to tell you that as a 45-year-old man, I cannot cook at all. Yeah. So the only thing I've ever made for my friends is I bought water and put a green tea bag. Ah. <laughs> and that's what I'm going to serve Tom Hanks. I'm going to say like, Mr. Tom Hanks, I want you to stay alive as long as possible. And Japanese green tea is well known to have high levels of antioxidant. So here, this is my signature dish. <laughs> All right. I have you on the stage yes. and you're about to perform something. Yes. Not speaking. What is okay. that thing that you can perform? Oh, I'm actually quite good in singing. Yeah. I can imagine. <laughs> when I was in high school, we represented the school. We meaning my, my, my group and me. We're, and we won silver. No, not gold, but, but we won silver in the national singing competition. Wow. And, and singing helps me to de-stress. Uh -huh. Is that something you can give us a couple bars here? Oh, uh, okay. <laughs> <coughs> okay, by the way, I'm a Christian, so please forgive me if I sing a Christian song. Great is thy faithfulness, oh God, my Father. Okay, that's all <laughs> for now. Nicely done. You're, you're the first person to sing on my show. Good job. Whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> With enough money, I'll come back and just sing for one hour. <laughs> Most people go, oh, no, that's just for me. So then you're the first person that says, yes, I will sing. <laughs> I'm going to sing, yes. All right. You're stuck on a desert island. Yes. And you can eat one food for yeah. the rest of your life. No consequence. No consequence? No consequence. What would that food be? No consequence. Wow. Durians. 
I mean, obviously, in the real world, if you eat durians every day, you're going to have high fever. That's for sure. Yeah. Oh, have you eaten durians? I'm, I'm not a fan. My, my, <laughs> my wife is, but I'm not a fan. <laughs> oh, your wife has taste, man. Your wife has good taste. Now, I, I tell you, every time I feel down, and I, by the way, durians have seasons, so I can't eat every day anyway. And, and I feel down, I'll go for a durian party with my friends. And, and the moment we finish eating the durians, naturally your spirits will be lifted up. A durian party, wow. <laughs> I, I'll stay away from that, I'm good. <laughs> and, and, and my last question is, what is success like? But give me a number between one to four. Oh, uh, <clears throat> four. One, two, three, four. Perfect. Four. So how is success like a sweet tooth? Wow. I have a sweet tooth. Oh, this is exactly like me. Okay, so first of all, uh, a person who wants success, craves for success, is like someone who wants dessert. <laughs> so for example, me. I, I love, every time you go to a restaurant and at the end of it, they will ask you, do you want dessert, sir? Right? Mm -hmm. And I will always, always say yes, no matter how full I am, which is the problem, right? Because I keep gaining weight. And I will always try different kinds of dessert. Like what? Tom Hanks, Forrest Gump says, life is like a box of chocolates. You never know what you're going to get. Yeah, and I will just look through the menu and I will order different things all the time. However, however, when a person is not clear about his purpose, you know, of staying alive, staying healthy, then she can actually have too much of a good thing, just like sweet tooth. So success is something that you need to constantly check yourself. So some people, after one, two years of a startup, and then they sell out, let's say, to Airbnb, right, to Facebook, and then they earn $20 billion. And success can get to their head, just like dessert can get to your guts. So a person needs to be mindful that, hey, I think enough is enough. You know, time for me to spend more time on charity rather than constantly earning more money. Very, very well said. You made something like that turn into a life lesson. Good job. <laughs> well thank you very much for your time your story and your journey it's been it, it was amazing to hear that and you gave us a lot of great advice and nuggets too um do you have any final words first of all i want to say fong you are an amazing interviewer and you're an amazing coach and speaker as well so thank you so much for giving me the honor of being on your show Wow. Thank you very much for that. Uh, so that is it for today. Uh, my name is Fong Chua. He is Eugene Xia. Until next time, today is the day to unlock your peak potential. We'll see you later.